Are you ready to go? Sixteen. Welcome to Akashina Podcast Anime with Friends. I'm Sabrina Ray. With me, Dawn. Always a pleasure, Dawn. I want to talk about Wonder Egg Priority because things are getting pretty exciting. <laughs> we are getting, we got Rika's story last week and this week we're getting Neidu's story. What was your, what was your feeling about this, Dawn? Were you expecting it to go all sci-fi on us? No, I was not. And I was uh, very surprised, I think is the word that I would use. The word I would use is disappointed. But I think that was a knee-jerk reaction of mine that I should have tempered with patience to see where it was going. I mean, I felt there's a lot of stuff that opens up here that is not at all well explained by any prior episodes. Um the fact that uh, Nehru is a test tube baby of some sort. Can I uh, can I um, elaborate on that just a bit for people who might not have gotten it? Sure. Nehru is a test tube baby created by anonymous donors who are part of a genius society. Like I almost called it Nambla, and now I can't think of the actual. <laughs> I think you're thinking of Mensa. Mensa, yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, because Nambla is a very different, I think it was Plati. Was that what they were calling it? Plati is the Japanese, yeah. Japan Plati is the name of the group. It's supposed to be sort of a Mensa type thing where everyone who's a member of it is a genius. And Neidu was created as, like, she was created specifically from geniuses. Which, at the very least, explains why this girl is supposedly the president of a corporation at whatever age she is, 14. So even though I wasn't super happy with sort of the sudden, the sudden turn to science fiction, and I, I mean, it could have been science fiction the whole time, for all I knew, but there certainly was somewhat of a mystical quality to it. I think you liked the idea of the this traveling sisterhood. Um, yeah, you liked the the sort of exploration of these. I think you were abstracting from the larger what the fuckedness of of the situation that the girls are going around trying to rescue dead, you know, suicides through some dreamscape, and if yeah. you'd abstracted from that to being like. Look at this wholesome story of these girls bonding, which it absolutely is. Yeah, and they even pull out the the manicures at one point. <laughs> like, yeah, they have a little girl girl party. They're in some kind of weird, creepy <laughs> corporate building where she lives in a room with just wall to wall books, and she doesn't even seem to have enough furniture for a party. She has to like pull it from another room. On sub basement nine, was it? And or basement nine? It feels a little bit like a dormitory. The whole thing was extremely weird. And then you had the dream where she's talking with Kotabuki Awano. 
Yeah. And so we've introduced another character and we go through um, Nehru and Kotobuki's sort of discussion. And weirdly, Kotobuki is the person that Nehru is trying to resurrect. And that was clear, was it? Because I thought she said that the, the girl that the girl she's trying to resurrect was her sister who cut her and then jumped off a bridge. Yes. Whereas I thought Kotobuki was like, she was basically the movie Flatliners. Yes. Gotten too close. Well, that was the claim. So sorry. Maybe I'm confused. Are These are not the same person. I don't think so. I, but it just means that the sister who cut her was another test tube baby. That's the implication. Yes. Because there are other beds there. And it seems like Nehru's the last one. So then, but there's so many things that are opened up with the question to this, which is, first, if this is some sort of experiment with Aka and Uraaka pulling the strings, and it's related to this company, how are the other girls involved at all? That is a question. And then, if it's all about sort of this, you know, there's a lot of discussion about how the adults are going to come and claim... Kotobuki's body and the government the government yeah and they and Kotobuki does not well it was also adults but Kotobuki does not she does say specifically adults you are correct because it was very weird because Ai comes back and tries to speak to Nehru and convince her not well it seemed like to not pull the plug but once um once Nehru explained to her that you know Kotobuki had asked her that she didn't want these people getting a hold of her body. Um, I said, hey, you know, if you had explained that to the other girls, they would have been more understanding. Yeah. Do you think that I went back to stop her? Because I don't. I think she went back because she's concerned about her friend. And so... I Well, I agree with you there. But when Momoe is speaking to Rika and trying to drag her away, she said, well, she'll have more luck if she goes alone. Yeah, you know, the whole thing was a bit of a bait and, st- bait and switch. Nehru positioned it as an invitation to come hang out at her house. And what I loved was that Momoe was so excited she had her takoyaki maker. <laughs> and then they cut to her holding the takoyaki maker in some kind of weird PowerPoint presentation about how they're recording Nehru's dreams which are the egg world dreams, but they're in like low definitions. So in black and really white. Clear. I don't know if there's sound. Yeah. Although it sounds like the technology is progressing, so they fully expect to have it in high def soon. Or at least I don't know if at first there's sound, but I just thought that was so funny. Yeah. Didn't you think that was just hilarious though, that like the expectations oh, were yeah. just sort of dashed upon the rock? That was that was played that was played comedically. Yeah, but it's all it's all a ruse. Uh, at least on some level, it's a ruse to get them to be witnesses to her unplugging her sister from the life support. Or I don't know, maybe she was looking for someone to stop her. Did maybe you she want was to looking be... for someone to. Yeah, see, that was the thing. It was very unclear. She definitely wanted to bring them over to show them Kotobuki's body. But it's not clear because she does not. She is reluctant herself to pull the plug on Kotobuki. It's Kotobuki who is coaxing and convincing her it's something she's got to do, and that the government is going to come for her. Yeah, what did she, like let's talk about Kotobuki because she's a very interesting character because she seems so full of life, but she's dead. 
She's definitely dead. She brings up the idea that there are alternate worlds um, with alternate versions of ourselves in those worlds, but she does. She still lays claim to the fact that she is in fact the one from this world, and so how she maintains an existence outside of her body, or what that means, is unclear. Yeah, and what we find out at the end is that she was an egg all along, whatever that means. We still don't know what it means to be an egg. We don't know what exactly they are, if they're some kind of pre-programmed something. like. But we're trying to keep them alive, that much we know. We know we're trying to keep them alive long enough to deal with their shit. So that they can vanish. But, yeah, but we still don't know what that means. It's almost like, they're almost like ghosts. They're ghosts that have... They're vulnerable ghosts. Business on Earth still. And you have to solve those, the business that they have. You have to solve their issues, and then they just, they, they dissipate. But we don't know what those issues are. No, in the case of Kotobuki, it's even muddier. Um, But I'm, I get the feeling that when... When uh, Neidu says to her that uh, her favorite genre was parallel worlds, that it is meant to put some doubt in our mind that there are parallel worlds and that this isn't just yet another character we're meeting who, who basically killed themselves. In this case, by going too far into what they're calling Thanatos or the death state by going too far into the death state that they can't come back. Like if Thanatos stage four, I guess you you can go to <laughs> stage three, my friend. What's at stage three, Don? I don't know, but it's okay to go there because you can come back from stage three, but you're not getting back from stage four. Yeah. But that also means that it's possible that the girls themselves are traveling into the death state which is a terrifying notion. And it means that the Akas and the Ura-Akas are putting them in this situation. Deliberately as experiments. Yes. And I I think that's clear by the end of the episode that this is what is sort of happening. I forget what I was trying to say, though. I was trying to say that um, I don't know whether to believe her that there are parallel worlds or if that is just her delusion. Her delusion that in some other world where she is still alive you know she can be happy she can have friends just like Nadu does she's so confident that i don't believe her and she's pushing she's pushing Nehru to move on i'm still not convinced that this isn't a test like Nehru is to- no no that this isn't the person that Nehru was talking about the person who left her on the bridge although you're right that the other details don't line up but she's she's clearly distraught over the fact that Nehru, sorry, um, Kotobuki, Nehru is distraught over the fact that Kotobuki is not coming back. And yeah. Kotobuki is consoling her, you know, you have friends, you've made friends, that's, you know, that's, you'll get to be with them. And she's, but it's not with you. And so it's, so it's all right. You know, you, you don't, you don't need me. I'll have, I'll find these girls. You think that her unfinished business might be that she needed Nadu to take care of herself, that she needed to know that Nadu would move on and be okay. I don't know what her unfinished business is. I don't know what the unfinished businesses are. And Because the Wonder also... Killer was not... 
he didn't seem to have her number this time. Like it feels like all the other wonder killers knew exactly what to do to get under their skin or to like pick apart them and make them vulnerable. But this one, he was just a weird perverted guy that like was jealous, professionally jealous and wanted her body. For experimentation. Yeah. I guess that that was one of her hangups that she wanted her body disposed of rather than, it to become some kind of prop. Would you say like, help me out here. Cause even as I talk about it, I'm coming up with new theories and like, sort of like piecing together what it all means. But I mean, he was a big chicken. <laughs> yeah. Some kind of bird. He had hypodermic syringes. He, at one point it looks like he's going to dissect her. And then he's defeated not because he gets beaten, but because he poses a math problem that they successfully solve. Although the solution is that there is no solution, which is a bit of a cop-out. Yeah, well, I wouldn't want to have to, for the sake of an anime, come up with a problem that was actually impossible to solve and (laughs) then have to have my characters actually solve it. It might take a long time. Yeah, that that part of the episode, I don't, I don't know, I it didn't strike me in any way, but I, I, it was different than the other Wonder Killers in some way. And she ends the episode. I mean, Kotobuki's final plea to Neiru is, you, you only live once, right? Like, YOLO. Yes. <laughs> Which is a weird thing to say if you think that you're living forever. Well, but she never gave her the impression that she was living forever. And it's unclear how this would be related to immortality. I guess that if there are parallel worlds, that it is you in the other worlds. So technically you're still living on, but it's not you. It's not you. It's not the same thing. I like the fact that they do their nails and they, they paint one nail different. They're like united, but they have that one. They're each an individual Although there are five fingers on that hand. There's only four girls. I'm just saying. Something's up. Well. Where's the fifth? Could it be Kotobuki? We don't know. She was in and out. She also shared Ai's uh, eye color shift. Oh, did she? I didn't even see that. Really? That's interesting. I am. I am somewhat shocked. Yeah, no, she had two different color eyes. Interesting. Anyway, she's in a vegetative state in the real world and they pull the plug on her and she passes on. It's a it's a weirdly touching scene. I, I got a little weepy. We also got to meet Pinky, Nadu's snake, has a name. So remember that. Why? Um, Why should I remember that? This is a line that was said during um, Kotobuki's explanation of, of sort of her death. She said... They say that when you die, you see a field of flowers to overcome the fear of death. I wanted to pick one and bring it back for you. And she's right. talking to Nadu here. I died in your world, but I exist elsewhere. We were right, Nadu. Parallel worlds do exist. And then Nadu says, that was your favorite genre of fiction. But then she says, I can't see you ever again. And it sometimes feels like Nadu is just talking to herself in these scenes. This is just a memory of of how this girl was, and she's working through something on her own. Um, But Kotobuki does talk about stage four of Thanatos. She refers to it as sweet smelling like honey, 
I felt like an insect preyed upon by a carnivorous plant. And Nadu, upon hearing this, calls it the temptation of death. And then she corrects her and says, it wasn't a temptation. It was more like my spirit and my body were abducted by innocent sorrow. And this turns out to be some kind of key, some kind of clue to what's really going on. Because at the end of the episode, which Rika, in a, in a, in a bombshell, Rika and uh, Momoe and Nadu, or not Nadu, Rika and Momoe are there for when Uraaka and Aka are communicating with the like retainer at the at the company that she's that the Nadu's president of. In the bombshell, they say flat out that. Aonuma is getting closer. Aonuma is Nadu. Aonuma is getting closer to the truth about what tempted these girls to death. And they, they say it's because Kotobuki mentioned an innocent sorrow. And then they say, girls suicide. If they knew what caused it, they wouldn't fight for us. But because they're girls, they understand a girl's sorrow. They can get close. And there was, I think it was Uraaka talked about the truth behind the temptation of death. The truth behind the temptation of death. So what's really going on here? I mean, I I really have no idea. Um, right. It, it reminds me kind of like when I was watching Howl's Moving Castle. Obviously for very different reasons. But in Howl's Moving Castle, I remember at one point I turned to... Uh, and that's the the beauty of the Hideo... The Hideo Hi, yeah, I can't pronounce his name. Miyazaki's Hayao. movies. Yeah. Um, is that you literally cannot tell what is going to happen next. It doesn't follow <laughs> the same sort of logic as a movie. There's no like, there's no like fit thing. Like it's a series of absolutely insane adventures um, that just don't track to what you normally think of. And it's they're they're always beautiful and amazing. But this is doing the same sort of thing. Like I just I can't figure out where we're going with this. Like it doesn't make any logical sense to me. It's not like uh, the guy is going to have to gain the powers and slay the dragon and save the woman. It's not. That's not going to happen here. No, it doesn't seem like it is, does it? I know what the answer is, kind of. But at this point, I think you're basically left wondering if the reason the girls killed themselves was something other than just like if there was an external force involved a temptation of some kind something that made kotobuki feel like she was being consumed or attacked in some way that she was being lured into sort of lulled lulled into a state where she gave up her life i think that at this point you could say that that is might be something they're hinting at, or I don't know. How did you sort of interpret this whole final line? I think you've you've said basically you don't know what's going to happen. Could be anything. Well, it's like what is the motive for all this? I know what Ai's motive might be, and you can look at the girls and try to glean some sense of their motives. But Aka and Uraaka don't seem human. Um, if they have motive, they 
they seem to want the girls to battle for the eggs, for the survival of the eggs. But how the and we saw that really weird scene in the very first episode where the eggs are, you know, in this weird area. But beyond that, um, I got nothing. I really can't tell. Like, I just I, I don't know where they're like, are we trying to glean something about the nature of life and death? But then that doesn't track with something seductive about teen girl suicide so i just don't know what the meaning of it might happen to be and so that's where i that's where i'm really struggling there's there's certainly clues that hopefully things will fit together and we'll understand a little bit more but like when we're when we start diving into this like why are there weird sort of monsters tracking the eggs in the first place and in what in what universe do these things exist okay so that is a question I think that every single person who watches at this point has. That's true. Then those guys were pretty weird. Those guys were pretty weird. So like, I just don't, I just don't know what their motivations are. I can't, I can't fathom what they might want out of these girls. Um, And that's where I struggle with like, you know, it doesn't appear to be greed. It doesn't like, are these representations of other beings in another parallel universe? that you're trying to get the girls to do something so that they have the ability to, I don't know, travel to this universe, live again. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, we talked about how they pulled the plug on, on Kotobuki, but they did it by pushing a button basically. But I really liked how they, they did that story because Nehru is scared to do it on her own. She couldn't do it once everybody left. And that seems to be the reason why she called everybody there. She needed courage. She needed to borrow some courage from each of the girls. But when it came time to do it, she really didn't want to do it. And so she was very standoffish and she was very antagonistic with them and pushed them away. Uh, and she also didn't have the magic. She didn't have the magic keywords to, to get them to understand her situation and why she thinks it would be the right thing to do because maybe she doesn't even understand it herself. But when she's with I, I tells her a story about a Ouija board um, and how she and Koito were sitting there and asking the Ouija board, like, does he like me? And I pretty much assumed it was, it was the teacher, Mr. Sawaki that Koito was referring to. And Koito was so happy when that answer became yes. Um, but I sort of lived in that moment where she's like, did I push it or was it moved by some force? Which is like the nature of a Ouija board, right? Like, are we moving it or is some subconscious like level, something something subconscious moving it? Or is it really a demonic or a, like a, a witch, a witchy force, right? Um. And she calls it, you know, a fantasy. And that's when they push the button together. And she sort of allows Nadu to believe that this was supposed to happen or they pushed it. Who pushed it? Was it I or was it Nadu? And now that there's two of them, you don't know who pushed it. So no one will take all the blame. Like they can share 
the weight of the of the act together. Um, and that's pretty much where I'm at as far as like this episode. Uh, did you have anything to add to that part or anything else no. you wanted to talk about? No, I think we've plumbed the depths of of uh, a story that no one knows. What is the story that no one knows? It's this one. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Even I don't know what it is, and I've seen all the episodes that are available. So next week, we'll be talking about uh, episode 10. And that's another Momoe episode. So look forward to that. Good. It's, we a, needed her it's a doozy. It's a doozy. And it has one of the most shocking... <laughs> shocking reveals yet shocking reveals and it it has the most shocking like punch in the face of anime this year i would say like anything i've seen recently although i did watch maroka magica magica all the way to the end i mispronounced that when i said it the other time actually it's ma it's puella magi maroka magica there's no j sound it's all hard g's all across the board. Thank you for listening. I am Sabrina Ray. That's Don Munson. Uh, we are Okashina Podcast Anime with Friends, and you can reach out to us on Twitter. It's O-K-A-S-H-I-N-A Podcast. Um, you can also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Orange Groves. We are part of the Orange Groves Network, which do a lot of really cool shows and content, some of which I'm involved in that you can only be part of if you're part of the Patreon, uh, you can see me talk about movies that were nominated for Oscars just like a couple weeks ago. But what I would suggest is becoming a Patreon and then you'll get all those cool things before they're old news, you know? So that's cool. Anyway, see you next time. Have a great week. As we say on the show, Don. Okash. Okashiko. That was so normal. Look at that. We can do it normal. Why would we stop? Welcome to the best idea of a podcast of all time. This is Champs in the Making. Where we have made a bracket of every Pokemon that has ever existed and are putting them up in battles head-to-head. One-on-ones to scientifically find out the best Pokemon. Every two weeks, we gather up an assortment of hosts from the Orange Groves. And cut a bloody path through the Pokedex. Come listen to me defend the rights of crustacean-based Pokemon. Olga is a perfect little baby and I will not stand for anything else. Deciduize the best fucking Pokemon because he looks like Robin Head. Shout some about why your favorite Pokemon is the best. Put them forward and insult Ambipom every two weeks, only on the Orange Groves. Uh, Puchina is the best, and my friends already knocked Mightyena out, which I'm sad about. So now we're truly just living on the edge.